Hello, this is John Lewis, and this is a series of podcasts called Building a Room Called Hope. And if you haven't been with us uh, the last couple of podcasts, we've put up a couple of walls already. We've covered some ground. We've talked about the universal experience that we all have, uh, that we want the future to be better, short-term or long-term. This is something we all do all the time. But real hope for a long-term better future is a rare commodity in the kind of the world and the times we're living now. And for Jesus followers, we have a distinct source uh, of true of hope and, and the true God that will bring about a final <clears throat> vision of a kingdom coming to earth and re- restoring all things. And we, we've discovered that this practice of hope, this, uh, this experience of hope is foundational in the scripture. Paul longed for it for us, but it's often neglected. And so uh, if we are going to have this be part of the good news for our own life and to, to share with others, we need to build and be intentional about building this room called hope. And today is the third wall that we want to put up uh, on this room, and it's the experience of hope. It's one thing to know the source of hope and to know the nature of our hope, what we're hoping for, but now how do we actually experience it? I like to use the illustration that, you know, uh, cultivating hope is like cultivating your lawn in Palm Desert or someplace that's really hot. If you don't water it and cultivate it, it will wither and die. And in today's world, we have to cultivate hope uh, if it's going to flourish in our life. So what does the Bible say about how we experience hope? There's a variety of themes and, that come up in scriptures from beginning to end. There's one verb that seems to be kind of a holding place, a, a, a skeleton, so to speak, that can hold so many of those other themes, and that is that we are called to wait on God, to wait on God with expectant hope for the future. Now, I don't know about you, uh, um, but most of I find that myself and most Americans, we don't like to wait. And with that, that's not something we're good at. And um, I think about... Um, uh, whether it's a fast food line or grocery line, <clears throat> if it doesn't move quickly, I'm moving to the shorter line, right? So um, I think uh, the idea of waiting at a bus stop can be really helpful here, you know, as kind of an, a metaphor for waiting on God, is there's a sense that, that we've come to the bus stop. We know that the bus called Jesus Christ is, is the only bus that will take us to the hope and the life that we long for. Other buses will come by promising to get us there fast or different people around us are not waiting necessarily for the same bus we are. They're getting on other buses, but we're determined. We are waiting. We are looking down the road. We know the bus will come. We trust that the bus driver is faithful. And even if it's not, quote, on our timetable, on schedule, we know there's no other way. So we wait. And scripturally, uh, I decided for our podcast today to try something a little different, and I'm going to take a couple of different scriptures that both talk about this waiting on God in relatively more detail, and they represent uh, a lot of the themes that other scriptures highlight. One is from Lamentations 3, uh, verses uh, 19 to 28, and the other is Romans 8, Uh, 18 to 28. I won't read them here in their fullness. I highly recommend that you want, if you want to jump in on your own, 
The Lamentations passage, of course, comes from the Old Testament. It's written in a time when Babylon had been uh, had come and completely destroyed uh, Jerusalem, its temple, taken its people and its valuables inside the temple back to Babylon, leaving some uh, remaining people there. Um, have they've they've watched you know these people now they look at their city whether they're in exile they remember their treasured city uh, it was not only destroyed people were starved you know to death by uh, kind of the surrounding army that didn't allow anything coming in and out and uh, they watched as they just slowly starved to death uh, it was absolutely terrible and so this chat this book of lamentations is the the mourning of the people for all of their loss. And we're going to look at a surprising passage in the middle of that. And then Romans 8 comes from the church to the Romans, of course, and the church in Rome, time when they, there was persecution of uh, potentially a variety of different kinds and suffering that people didn't really expect. You know, if people were God's chosen people, why are we suffering? Uh, and so there was a definite sense that Paul was going to instill in them in this section uh, grounds for how and what to put their hope in. And so I'm going to just highlight three points that both of them seem to cover and uh, in highlighting what it means for us to wait on God in hope and to experience the hope he intends for us. The first is lean into the pain of our loss. Lean into it. Don't run from it. In Lamentations, uh, this this entire book is a reflection of leaning in to the pain, crying out to God. Uh, he says, I remember, actively, he's, I remember my affliction, the bitterness, the gall, my wandering. Uh, later on verse 27, he says, it's good for a person to bear the yoke, right? The yoke of their suffering, leaning into it, recognizing that God's in it, um, and to not pretend it's not there. I think of the uh, image that Paul's going to use about uh, giving birth to a child. It's like when a pregnant woman is giving birth uh, at that moment, you lean in to the contractions and it's hard and it's painful, but you don't pretend they're not there. Um, and so that's Paul's words as well. To groan, to, to let the reality of your suffering lead you to an honest groaning. And then the, here's what's new in the New Testament, you know, in the New Testament is the Holy Spirit that's living in you is groaning with you, praying through you. And where the writer of Lamentations was relatively alone in terms of uh, just the, the Holy Spirit wasn't living in them. The advantage we have now is that we are not alone. Christ is in us, groaning with us through his spirit. Lean in to the pain of our loss. The second thing about waiting is that we remember well the truth. We remember well the truth. In Lamentations, um, uh, he is remembering uh, the, he says, I remember my soul is downcast. This is what I recall to my mind. He's actively recalling something to his mind. He's remembering well the truth. Therefore, I have hope. In his case, he didn't have a significant promise yet of what that future would be like. But what he could remember was the truth about God's faithfulness. He says, because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. He remembers all the times that God has been faithful. And even in the midst of the, whether it's the morning sunrise, whether it's the fact that he has breath, he cries out and says, you know, the Lord is my portion. I'm seeing every morning that God's faithfulness, 
if even in the ashes and the dust of his experience, he's, he's experiencing and noticing that God is still faithful to him. When you get to Paul in the, in the Romans passage, Paul goes a step further because he, he is looking forward, not to what he can just see. He says, hope, if you can see it, you know, it's not hope. But he points on to this God is working towards his purpose, which he gets really specific about in verse 29, that we are predestined to be conformed to the image of son. The next verse he talks about, you know, we've been glorified and justified and all of that is going to be completed that um, because of Jesus's resurrection, we know that we will be raised and all of that will be completed when Christ comes again. A very specific hope that we need to hold on to as we're waiting, as we're looking down the road for the bus of hope, so to speak. So lean into the pain, remember well the truth of our hope, and then lastly, hold on to the end. You know, I think uh, in the book of um, Lamentations, uh, you can, I mean, it's just, it's apparent, uh, even if it isn't written, that he is persevering. He's leaning into this. He's not going anywhere. He's lamenting. He's crying out. And he's not going away uh, anytime soon. He says, the Lord is my portion. If I have him, I'm going to hold on. And he's going to, he says, it's good to wait quietly. So there's this idea. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to be quiet. I'm not going anywhere. I'm bearing the yoke. It's heavy, uh, but I am going to press on with that yoke. Um, and, And it gets even more explicit in the Romans passage where he says, you know, if we hope for what we don't yet see, if it is indeed a future hope beyond the gates of this life, it's for after we die. Well, then between now and that finish line, uh, we have to persevere. Waiting is not something you do just for a couple of minutes and then move on. Again, back to the pregnancy uh, illustration. A woman who is bearing and leaning into the pain, she remembers well that when the pain is over, there will be a baby on the other side. So she grips onto her husband. <laughs> she grips on into to the words, encouragement of the nurses, and she's going to hold on until that baby comes out with that hope in mind. If she didn't have any hope that something was going to happen good, it would be hard to hold on, right? So again, I'm not a woman. Uh, These are secondhand stories from my wife and using my imagination. So anyway, leaning into the pain, remembering well the truth, and holding on to the end. These are kind of the the three-legged stool uh, in, in these two passages and much of Scripture about what does it mean for us to cultivate Um, The practice uh, of waiting, um, focusing on our hope, making that hope real and giving it the breadth and the the depth and the length and the legs, so to speak, to influence our day-to-day life. Hope that's been encouraging to you during this Christmas time. The idea of kids waiting for their presents. All, some of people are just waiting for Christmas to hurry up and be over. But for most of us, we're longing for the, uh, the celebration of families, you know, uh, connecting. Even in this year, this COVID year, so many families are not fully able to be together. What we can do, we're longing for, we're waiting for, and we're grateful for. And so in that spirit of Advent and that spirit of, of hope and waiting, we wait. We lean into the pain of our times. In the midst of it, we remember the truth of what God is going to do in our country, in our world someday. And we're going to hold on, not just to when the vaccine comes, but to when Christ comes again. And no matter what else happens, Lord, give us the strength and the the ability uh, to wait 
in, in expectant hope, not afraid of the pain, uh, but mindful as we recall to our mind um, the truth of your coming again. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this time. Uh, amen. See you next time for the fourth wall on the room called hope. Have a great day.